0: Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. It was Joseph Moore's first church. He was a recent graduate from seminary. The year 1818, the place, Austria. He was in his first church, and he realized that the Christmas that year was going to be unique. There was going to be something different about it. The circumstances in which his little congregation had faced had been very, very trying. Austria had been the recipient's of a war called the Napole- Napoleonic War, which lasted 12 years. A lot of that fighting it took place in Austria, near that little village where Joseph Moore was pastoring. The devastation from that war had been dramatic. The political, the social, the financial infrastructures, it was, they were gone, no more. Now that alone would have been bad enough, but when a truce was finally given and the individuals chose, that army chose to leave the area, they decided to leave a a treat for the host family of the host nation that they had gone in and, and wreaked havoc on. So they decided to tear down more buildings, to make life more difficult as they were leaving. That would have been hard enough for the members of Joseph Moore's little church. But just two years before, in 1816, there had been what is called the year of no summer. In Indonesia, there had been an eruption of a volcano. The devastation from that eruption affected the climate. And that year, there literally was no summer. And because of that, they weren't able to get out into the fields. They weren't able to produce a crop. So many individuals, not only suffering from the war, but they were also suffering from the consequences of this natural disaster that had taken place. Joseph Moore, he understood all this. And he felt very deeply for the members of his congregation. And so he decided that Christmas he was going to give them a gift. He decided he was going to write them a poem that he would share with them and that this poem would capture a sense of hope, that even though there may not be peace right then, but they would have hope that peace could once again come upon their little village and upon their country and eventually upon the world. So Joseph Moore took his pen and he began to write the words of a poem. Silent night, holy night. What you heard read for us was the original written in German and then translated. Quite a few, quite a few layer, Excuse me. Quite a few years later, by Reverend Joseph. Here in the United States, he took those words and he translated them, and in the process, he excluded three of those verses. So that is why we only sing the first three. But if you even listen to the first three that we have, a constant theme that Joseph wanted to have his congregation pick up on, a constant theme in, those, in that poem was a sense of hope for peace. In my mind, I wonder if Joseph Moore remembered that other ministers before him had taken on the same challenge. In fact, there was one minister, he really wasn't referred to as a minister, he was called a prophet, a title that Joseph Moore did not want for himself. I wonder if Joseph Moore remembered this individual. His name was Isaiah. And Isaiah was living at a time where he also was in the midst of a people that were hungry for peace. They were tired of the strife. They were tired of the threat that was always around them. Instead of writing a poem, Isaiah wrote what we call a prophecy. In Isaiah, it's one of the longest prophetic books that we find in the Old Testament. But scattered throughout are these elements of hope for peace one day. In Isaiah chapter 65, verse 25, Isaiah wrote, The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. And dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Do you hear that? I mean, first of all, when you read this, in many ways, it doesn't make sense. For example, the one line I remember, it says, The lion eats straw. I don't remember the last time I saw at a zoo them feeding lions straw. So immediately you realize that what Isaiah is talking about is something that is going to be revolutionary. It's going to turn things upside down so that a wolf and a lamb will eat together, a lion will eat straw like an ox. It's almost as if in just these short little phrases, Isaiah is saying something revolutionary is going to happen, and it's going to bring about a sense of peace. The natural enemies, a wolf and a lamb, they will be no more. And just as in the animal kingdom there would be this switch, Isaiah believed that there would also be this switch that would take place in the human kingdom. That in the realm of humans, there would be no more foes, there would be no more enemies. That people could actually come together and get this? that people could live together despite their differences with a sense of peace. Does that sound foreign to you today? That people with differences, that people on the right, people on the left, can actually come together and set aside those differences for the greater sense of peace. Isaiah didn't stop there. In another place, in his writings, he says the following, "...and the nations, the peoples, shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore." Such an impact Isaiah not only had upon his own people at the time, But this verse has been one that has been called upon to remind us, not only as citizens of this country, but citizens of this planet, that we can live together in peace. We don't have to have war. That hope is to be continued to keep alive, much like these flames on these candles. That's why in New York, the United Nations created what is called the Isaiah Wall, the image that you see on the screen. The words carved into stone as a continual reminder to every person that would come by that United Nations, a symbol of the world and all these nations coming together that they would see this and be reminded that this is no pie-in-the-sky dream. It's something that could take place if human beings could come together with a sense of hope. The other thing you will find there is a statute. again, taking the words of Isaiah and putting them out there for people to remember. We have strife here in the United States. We have conflict. We saw an expression of that take place this last November around the election. And the fallout from those results continue. In Washington, D.C., we have political parties that are committed to disagreeing and fighting against each other. In Ukraine, we see evidence of war. And instead of being the large wars of World War I and World War II, we are seeing little pockets of terrorism that are continuing to exist throughout our world. And yet, 200 years later, we continue to sing a song that Joseph Moore wrote in the 1800s. Why? Well, the melody is nice, let's just be honest. I mean, as soon as you heard the song, didn't you want to light a candle and stand up and let all the lights go off, right? Have that warm, fuzzy feeling inside? It's Christmas. But the song was far more than that. It was to create a sense of hope that peace could exist. But look at our world today. Do we really believe that anymore? I mean, seriously ask yourself do you believe in world peace? And if so, what are you doing about it? Now I ask you that question not to make you feel guilty. Because I ask myself the same question, and the reality is I'm not doing much. I mean, maybe I could sign a petition. Maybe I could volunteer at an organization or give money to an organization. That's just a little drop of water in this large bucket. Come on. Can we really make a difference for peace? Well, maybe we can't. Maybe you and I individually will never be able to bring about world peace. So in December, we'll just sing about it. Unless, unless there is something that you and I can do right now that will bring about peace in a way that maybe we never even thought of. Maybe there is the possibility that hope of peace Captured in the words of Silent Night, Holy Night, can continue to be a reality. For me, that possibility was captured by the spiritual man, the Dalai Lama, when he said the following Only through compassion. And, are you ready for this? Only through compassion and inner peace. You hear that? Inner peace can one, one, spread peace in the world. Only through compassion and inner peace can I, And can you spread peace in the world? Inner peace leads to a peaceful individual. And then this peaceful individual can build a peaceful family, then a peaceful community. Then a peaceful world. But what the Dalai Lama said was that it starts with you and it starts with me. Fostering and growing within us a sense of peace. And in the midst of the conflict, that if we're honest, that conflict that continually goes on within ourselves, am I good enough? What do other people think about me? Why do I do the things that I really know I shouldn't do? Why do I continue to fall back on this habit? Why do I continue to act out in this way? That in the midst of this conflict that we find within ourselves, we can plant a seed of peace. And we can water it. And we can nurture it. And watch peace grow within ourselves. Well, how do you do that? I don't know. It's not my realm. It's not my field. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a therapist. But this last week, I googled how to achieve inner peace. And believe me, there's a ton of qualified people out there that will tell you how you can have inner peace within your life. So I'm not going to waste your time here trying to tell you it's out there. You can find it. But what I can tell you is that it works. That the Dalai Lama was right. That Isaiah was right. That Joseph Moore was right. That we should not give up on peace in our world, but we must begin with ourselves. One individual I read tried to describe how this might work. How in the world could you be having inner peace? How could that have this ripple effect that it would impact your family and your family's peace would impact the community and the community's peace could impact the world? How does that work? This writer that I read, he, he talked about something. He he talked about physics. And I thought to myself, what in the world does physics and inner peace have to do with each other? And then he mentioned a word called the chaos theory and the butterfly effect. And this is how he described it. A small change in the universal energy field that connects everyone and everything can bring about a large change. A small change can bring about a large change. And that large change can be somewhere else completely. He goes on, so the beating... Above of a butterfly's wings could conceivably affect a storm thousands of miles away. I don't understand chaos theory and the butterfly effect. Again, not my field. I don't even think I'm smart enough to grasp it. But what I can grasp from that is that we are all somehow, in some way, interconnected with each other. And that if you can foster a sense of inner peace within yourself, somehow that's going to affect change not only of those around you, but possibly change in a world beyond you. One of the things that happens in our family at the beginning of December is we begin to purchase Christmas gifts well, I just lied to you. My wife was not able to be here today, and I have to confess this because I don't know if she's watching this live or not. So I'll confess. At the beginning of December, my wife does the Christmas shopping. We try to think about our kids Our grandkids, we think about their personality, their likes, their dislikes, and we try to pick a gift that will be meaningful to them. This last week, I decided that this Christmas, I'm going to give myself a present. I'm going to gift myself. And the gift I have chosen to give myself is a commitment in 2023 to try to foster within myself a sense of peace, of being okay in my own skin. First and foremost, I'm going to do it for me. And then I'm going to do it for you. And then I'm going to do it for our world. That's how we make the hope that underlies silent night, holy night, a reality. A hope for peace. So my question for you this December, are you going to give yourself a Christmas gift? And if you are, I would ask you to consider giving yourself the gift of inner peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at Beatitudeschurch.org backslash online-giving. Beatitudes Radio empowering people to enrich society.